We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Hey everyone, welcome to the Roto-Grinders Morning Grind Podcast. I'm your host, CBTPFL. It's Thursday, it's August 4th, it is 2022. We have eight baseball games to talk about here on today's podcast. Pretty solid slate. You know, we got some pitching options and tougher matchups. We got some hitters facing some weak pitchers. So for an eight-game slate, it's kind of juicy. So we'll see if any weather affects that. From what Roth has to say, if not, hopefully not. But joined today by TJ. TJ, what's happening, my friend? Doing pretty well. Happy to be on the Morning Grind podcast with you. We've got an interesting slate. The, it's kind of like you mentioned, the pitching options, the guys up top have tough matchups, and we don't really have a ton of cheap options. So it's going to be a pretty, I feel like, pretty straightforward for bats, but maybe not so much for pitching. Yeah, I mean, you're gonna you're not gonna feel comfortable about playing some of the pitchers in these spots today, but you're gonna play them because of the talent. So, um, and we'll talk about that as we're going. But like you said, I mean, cheap options, maybe one guy, maybe. Um, and we'll talk about him when we get there. 
but yeah, it'd be it'd be interesting to see how this like kind of plays out ownership wise, um, stuff like that. But let's jump into it. Like I said eight games. I mean, eight game slates are my favorite for baseball. They really are. So we got Washington at Philadelphia. Nine total in this game. Philadelphia is a two. 50 favorite in this one, Espino against Syndergaard. That's so weird. Um, Noah Syndergaard in a Philadelphia uniform, but hey, it's happening and he's starting in this one. Um, any interest here in Espino? No, not at all. Yeah, one of, I mean, probably the worst pitcher, if not really close to the worst pitcher on the slate, Espino. 5x FIP, 18% K rate. Um, I mean, just doesn't strike anybody out. Gives up a ton of fly balls, a ton of hard contact here. Philadelphia has plenty of bats to to punish him in this matchup. So, yeah, no interest in me. I'm with you. And then I think we have to have interest in Syndergaard. He's he's that cheap play that I was talking about, um, TJ. I don't know if we're looking at anybody under Syndergaard on DraftKings anyway. He... This Washington team just traded away Soto and Bell, and those are the two guys you were, like, super worried about. You know, the fact that, like, Luke Voigt is here, who cares? I mean, Luke Voigt's a good hitter. Don't get me wrong. But, I mean, yeah, he's just not going to punish you with those left-handed power bats in this lineup anymore. And Syndergaard, higher strikeout rate to righties, lower power numbers, Um I mean, I think he's the the cheaper option today outside of the fact that he's probably going to be pretty popular. I hate to say it, but I think Noah Syndergaard is my favorite pitcher on the slate. I mean, like, he's re- a 300, regardless of 250, price. <laughs> 250 favorite. Yeah, I mean, like, yeah. like, And we talk about adding Luke Void to that lineup. Well, that's just adding a bunch of strikeouts as well. So I think on DraftKings, he is without a doubt going to be the chalky SP2. Um, but where I'm playing on FanDuel, I'm hoping he doesn't end up getting too over-owned over there, and I think he's going to be my top option on that side as well. I mean, at the end of the day, this lineup's just bad. It really is um, bad. Like, the ro- the lineup that they rolled out yesterday, um, I mean, Bassett dominated them, and they had a good, like, what was it, eighth or ninth inning or something? Um, I can't remember, but, like, Bassett, through seven innings, no earned runs. He didn't like have those massive strikeouts, but like just no power whatsoever in this lineup. And even if Voigt's in there, even if Abram's in there, that's more strikeouts. So who cares? So I'm with you on Syndergaard. Do you have any interest in the Washington bats here? I have interest. I mean, if you want a mini stack like Nelson Cruz, Luke Voigt, they are super cheap, but I think the only guy I have interested in, in and I do have quite a bit interest in him, is going to be Victor, uh, Victor Robles. If he's leading off again, 2300 on DraftKings. We know Syndergaard is incredibly easy to steal on. So if, if we see Robles leading off, he's going to be one of my favorite uh, salary savers uh, that we can get to for tournaments on this slate. And... It's a big enough slate that I wouldn't want to have him and Syndergaard in the same lineup, even though there probably wouldn't be that much negative correlation there because Robles is going to be getting there from steals. But in on my non-Syndergaard teams, Robles, I think, is going to be one of the first salary savers I get in lineups. The other guy that I was going to mention is Cesar Hernandez. He's 3,100 on DraftKings today, second base eligible. 
Um, he's a guy that can run as well. Like he doesn't run as much nowadays um, as he did before, but he's someone that, you know, can run. So, I mean, at the end of the day, I've seen, was it Rowdy Tellis or Vogelbach? One of those two dudes stole a base off of Syndergaard over the last couple of years. So we're, <laughs> we're, we're willing to take any value play here to, you know, stolen base upside wise. So, uh, the other side, I mean, the Philly side, I, I like the Phillies here. I, I think this is a great spot for them. This game's in Philadelphia, you know, Schwarber, Hoskins, and, and like Cassianos is 3,200. And I know he's not having a great season, but we know the talent is there. So I think Philadelphia at least makes my builds as like a mini three-man stack here, but I think I could fully stack them in this spot as well. Yeah, they might be one of my top stacks on the board. Maybe my very favorite for tournaments. Um, Kyle Schwarber on FanDuel is thirty five hundred, and that's just still that's just too cheap for him. Such a great spot for him. Reese Hoskins is he still under three K? He's up over three K on FanDuel. He's thirty one hundred, but that's still way too cheap. I love these guys quite a bit. If you get somebody like Alec Bohm in a good lineup spot as well, even though the he doesn't have the platoon, I don't really care. It's still such a strong matchup. Nick Cassianos, he's cheap on FanDuel and DraftKings. JT Real Muto fills a catchy spot if you need to on DK, and he's still nice and cheap on FanDuel. Yeah, I like these guys a lot. All right, moving on. We got Houston at Cleveland. Taking on the Guardians, seven and a half total here. Astros, a 200 favorite. Verlander against Plezak. I mean, this starts a trend that we're going to see a lot today. Um Great pitchers facing tough matchups. Justin Verlander is, I mean, even at his age, man, this guy just continues to pump out good start after good start after good start. What are we doing with Verlander here against Cleveland? This is, I think I'm a lot more interested in him on DraftKings than I am on FanDuel. He's cheaper over there. And this Cleveland matchup is just not very good for strikeouts. Like we've, Talked about on this podcast in the past, as I jokingly said, they're a decent strikeout matchup in the back half when <laughs> none of their high strikeout ma- guys were there. And it's a similar case today. You know, you got Franmil Reyes in the in the minors. So not a good strikeout matchup. I like Verlander a bit better on DK, but if I can find another option outside of Syndergaard that I like, I will, that, I, that I'm going to try to pair, like even if they're very off the board right now. I'm looking at a, a few guys a bit cheaper than Verlander that I might choose as my SP1. But as we go here, I think I'm going to see how much salary I need for my bats. And if I don't need that much, I'll try and get up to Verlander. But if if not, I think there might be some guys below him that I like a little bit better. I was shocked by that Framil Reyes news. I mean, looking at his numbers, I'm not too shocked, but... Um... I don't know, power upside wise. I felt like that was crazy, but I think Verlander in any matchup could pitch really well. Um, I mean, tough matchup last time out against Seattle. Didn't like light the world on fire with strikeouts and stuff, but I mean, still put up 25 DK points. And I mean, we're talking about a guy that (laughs) has won eight of his last nine starts. Um, yeah the dude's 14 and 3 on the season and yeah wins whatever but i mean i'll take the points for a win i'll take the points for a quality start 
Um, and I do think cash games, you're probably going Verlander and Syndergaard on DraftKings. Yeah, I mean, I, I think Verlander is one of the best pitchers on the slate, floor-wise. Ceiling-wise, I mean, it's tough, you know? Tough matchup, but Verlander can do it against anybody. I will say I'm not playing Plezak on the other side of this game. Nope, not a chance. All right, let's talk about these Houston bats. Um, I mean, they're they're somewhat interesting on really any slate. Now they're on the road. Plezak, low strikeout guy, really struggles with left-handed power bats. So this is a great spot for Jordan Alvarez, Kyle Tucker. Um, we'll have to see what other lefties we're looking at, but I like those two guys a lot in this spot. Alvarez is probably the top bat on the entire slate. If Philly is not my favorite stack today, I think it's going to be Houston. I really like this spot for them. Anytime they get a low strikeout guy, even if the numbers don't stack up as like, hey, he gives up a crazy high ISO. Anytime there's a team like Houston or the Dodgers or the Yankees where they just got a ton of talent and a ton of power, I'll take the low strikeout matchup 10 times out of 10. So I really like this spot for them. Any interest here in the Cleveland side against Verlander? I think Jose Ramirez makes for a very interesting one-off, but other than that, no. Yeah, I mean, every time I play Jose Ramirez, he kind of stinks. So, <laughs> very gun-shy to pay for Jose Ramirez right now. He's but... been back lately. He's been... I, I was with you where I was just playing him all the time and he sucked, but... These last couple weeks, this last week and a half, he's been he's been back to Jose Ramirez. I mean, my team, I think it was Monday or Tuesday, that had a Cleveland stack that finished, I think, 10th or 11th in a tournament with four points from um, Ramirez. I, I disagree with you. No, I'm just... <laughs> um, We're never on the same page with the Cleveland Guardians. Ah, no, man. But, but listen, <laughs> I'm never going to tell you not to play Jose Ramirez. If you want to take a shot on him or like a, a Josh Naylor and try to chase a home run against Verlander, Verlander is not shy about, you know, giving up home runs, even though, I mean, this season has been a lot better. Um, I think he's only allowed 12 home runs in 19 starts. All right, Atlanta at New York facing the Mets. Eight total in this game. Mets a slight 120 favorite here. Kyle Wright, Carlos Carrasco. Eight total seems like a lot for this game, especially in City Field. I mean, we get two really strong pitchers against two really strong offenses, and I get that. But, I mean, Kyle Wright, 9,900 here. Really hasn't had a ceiling game in a while, but he's been pitching well. What are your thoughts on Kyle Wright? Yeah, Wright's not somebody I'm going to be able to get to. He's pitched well these last couple games, but the Mets are just never a team I want to target. If I'm paying up, I'd just rather go to Verlander. It would be a whole different conversation if Kyle Wright was like 8,500 in this spot. And then yeah. it would be, well, maybe I can do it. But with the Mets' low strikeouts, yeah, this game's in City Field. He could bab up his way to seven innings and pitch – really solid against them in this spot. But I think with their low strikeouts, it's really tough to play a right-handed pitcher, even though I do think Kyle Wright is very talented and someone that we're going to talk about for years. Um, I just don't think this is the right spot. Especially that since the trade deadline, like they added Tyler Naquin, they added Daniel Vogelbach. And so against right-handed batters, this team is a lot even more scary than they have been in the past. Right-handed pitching, sorry. 
Tell me why I shouldn't play Carlos Carrasco today. I can't. I like him for tournaments a lot. There's a lot of danger. I'll tell you why you shouldn't. Because he could absolutely get lit up for 10 runs here because it's the Atlanta Braves. They've been putting up tons of runs on no, on no matter who has been bat, uh, pitching against them lately. But it's still a high strikeout matchup. And if we're going to see not a lot of ownership going his way, I like him quite a bit in tournaments. I mean, I'm looking for... Okay, listen, any pitcher can get blown up on any spot. And this is a, a tough matchup. You look at their numbers against changeups, and they kind of stink against changeups. And that's Carrasco's, like, out pitch. So given the fact that like there's a lot of strikeouts in this lineup already, I mean, the lineup that they're rolling out there most days right now, I think has one guy under 24% against right-handed pitching. So yeah, the matchup is scary. The Braves are very good. They're going to be a team that is contending for a world series for the next few years, but this game's in city field. This game is a game that at 9,100 Carrasco can put up 30 plus. So I have interest in Carrasco. Especially because this is the type of slate that we may not see any slate breaking scores from any pitchers. And so if Verlander does poorly, if Wright does poorly, if Manoa does poorly, and Carrasco, because of the strikeout matchup, goes six innings with four earned runs and seven strikeouts that that might be enough like that might be enough to be the highest raw point scoring pitcher on the slate today so it's it's definitely uh an interesting uh spot and i'm and i like getting there for tournaments quite a bit the flip side of this and the best thing about baseball just in general is you could play both sides if you're playing multiple teams. You could play Carrasco and you could stack the Braves because, like you said, the Braves are the one of, one of the hottest offenses in baseball right now. They are just absolutely crushing everything. Um, what are your thoughts on the Braves offense? I think I like a mini stack more today just because it's not the easiest matchup. It's not a good park for batting. I think I would rather just do something like an Olsen Swanson Riley or just even an Olsen Riley as opposed to doing a full stack here. Yeah, I don't I mean, want to play Ronald Acuna. He's not good right now. <laughs> he's something. Um, he's I, Yeah, I agree with you as, as far as he's not good. I don't, I can't remember. I thought I read something like July 22nd or 23rd or something was the last extra base hit that he's had. Um, so, I mean, I, I definitely hear you. Like, it's been rough. Rough go. He is a guy, though, like, you could look into his batted ball profile and see, like, when he's going to start hitting again, and you could jump back on it. Um, but, I mean, if you're stacking the Braves, you're probably stacking with Acuna just because. What are your thoughts here on the Mets? I d there's a lot of really good batters and I don't think anybody's going to play them, but I don't think I'm going to either. Yeah. I mean, I, that's kind of where I'm at. I, I think I'm right there with you. I think I agree. Um, yeah. I mean, they could easily crush Kyle Wright here, but I mean, Kyle Wright's a good pitcher. He really is. Um, Carrasco's a good pitcher. Like this is going to probably be a low scoring game. 
these are two teams both that if I was playing one to three lineups, I would almost for sure not have a single player from either of the offenses. However, if I was running 150, I would probably try and get overweight on both of them. Yeah, man, I definitely hear you on that. It's a good strategy for baseball. Love baseball, man. Anything. Anything is anything's a go. All right, Tampa Bay at Detroit. Eight total. Rays a 180 favorite here. We got Springs, and it sounds like it's going to be Drew Hutchinson. Um, I know he had the ankle injury the other day where he only threw like 65 pitches, and he sounds like he's good to go. Um, we'll see. Brian Reynolds a... just walked it off in the ninth inning against the Brewers. <sighs> Wonderful. Um, I mean, anything is possible, but I don't, I don't know what Hutchinson, I don't think it really matters either. Let's talk Jeffrey Springs though. Um, getting Detroit, he's cheap, maybe a potential pivot off of Syndergaard, but honestly, like, I don't know if it's me or, or what, but like, I'm kind of gun shy with lefties against Detroit right now. Yeah, I'm in the same position and I honestly hope like hell that this isn't going to have to be a pivot off of Syndergaard. I kind of hope this may be the chalkier option of the two, just because people see Detroit there and don't look into it that, yeah, these guys are actually kind of average against left-handed pitching. It's right-handed pitching they're terrible against. And so between Syndergaard and Springs, whichever one gets less ownership, I'm going to have interest at, uh, in in tournaments. But just all things even, I like Syndergaard better. I like Syndergaard better as well. Um, I could see Springs having a decent game here. He has talent. I just, I mean, I worry about the pitch count, even though he did throw 92 pitches last time out in that Cleveland matchup. But like I said, I'm a little gun shy against Detroit with some lefties. I mean, they still have Baez, Haas, Scope. I mean, Grossman's gone. That helps a little bit because um, his numbers have been fantastic in lefties this year. Candelario has power, but he also strikes out a ton. So I don't know. I want to see what the ownership looks like on Syndergaard. If he's pushing like 40, 50% and Springs is going to be 10%, I'll definitely play a little bit of Springs. I'm not playing Drew Hutchinson on the other side of this game, though. No, me neither. Not a chance. That's an easy one. Um it's not like the Tampa lineup is anything scary. It's just Drew Hutchinson's not good. Uh, anything that you like here for Tampa? I, I don't think so. Like, Brandon Lau is a one-off, but I don't think I want to full stack these guys. I like David Peralta a lot in this spot. Um, he should bat fourth or fifth here. He's 3,200. When Hutchinson struggles, it's with power. So I'm not worried about Peralta's strikeout rate because Hutchinson doesn't strike anybody out. Parodies is the other guy that I really like here. So I could see going like Peralta, Parodies, uh, Lau as like a three-man stack. Um, I think that is super viable in this spot. Detroit, <laughs> I mean, dare we take some shots on like Javi Baez here um, at 4,700? I think he's borderline cash viable on FanDuel where he's going to where he is 2600. They just refuse to price him up and it makes no sense. At that DraftKings price, I don't think so. I think if you really want to play Javi Baez, you just play him on FanDuel instead. 
I mean, Springs has been reverse splits this season, so maybe this is a good spot for him, you know, but we'll see. I, on an eight-game slate, we have a lot of options for hitters. I don't know if I necessarily need to get to Detroit here today, especially with, like, Springs being reverse splits and all these guys, you know, kind of good on the right side. Toronto at... Minnesota, eight total here. Blue Jays and 120 favorites. Alec Manoa going up against Sonny Gray. Any interest here in Alec Manoa? Yes, I do. And the amount of interest, I think, kind of depends on the lineup we get from Minnesota. Um, Alec Manoa is a absolutely dominant DFS pitcher against right-handed batters. And he's pretty average of a DFS pitcher against left-handed batters. It's not that he's real life poor. It's not like he gets absolutely lit up by lefties, but he doesn't strike them out as near high a rate. I, I, off the top of my head, I believe his strikeout rate is about eight to 10% uh, worse to lefties than it is righties. So it really depends on this lineup. We get from Minnesota, how much interest I have in him, but because of the discount we get uh, on him over Verlander, I do have interest just because he's somebody that could put up the biggest uh, score on the slate. Yeah, I mean, I definitely want to see. They, they've they been giving Bucks in a ton of days off and stuff. Jake Cave back up with the big league club as well. That's some strikeouts waiting to happen. Even though I would be very happy if Jake Cave finally showed up to the major leagues and like did what we all kind of hoped he would do because I'm sitting on about 75 Jake Cave rookie cards. Um, so <laughs> it's weird, man. Um, I was breaking boxes one year and I, I got a lot of them. So anyway, uh, Sonny Gray, other side here, 8,300 going up against Toronto. Um, what are your thoughts here on Sonny Gray? Nope. He's like, I don't have any thoughts. I'm not playing. I have no thoughts on Sonny Gray against Toronto. I will not be playing them. Toronto is too good of a team to play a pitcher like Sonny Gray against. It's so weird, right? Because Sonny Gray has a 130 ISO, 138 ISO against righties, 50% ground ball rate. But he also gives up 47% hard contact. The one thing that Sonny Gray has going for him here is he's going to face a very right-handed heavy offense. And a lot of them, Vlad, Kirk, Bichette, Hernandez, they're all ground ball hitters. So could it work? Yes. Do I think it's going to work? No. I mean, not many pitchers are going to be able to get Toronto. They're ju- such a, a sound up and down offense. Now on an eight game slate where Syndergaard's going to be chalky, do I prefer Gray as maybe this pivot? I, I wouldn't talk you off of it. Um, I would play Gray before I play Pavetta, and we'll talk about that in a minute. So, um, my thing is yeah. with Sonny Gray is just that, like, if we were getting a bigger discount on him, I would have interest. But like, the pitch he's count more and the ex- price, yeah. yeah, like he's more, I, he's more expensive than Springs and Syndergaard. I'd rather just eat the chalk there and uh, differentiated bats. It's the pitch count for me, I think, is the the biggest setback. Like, he's not going to throw over 90 pitches. So, Toronto bats. I mean, I think I'm going to stay away from Toronto. Could they break the slate? Yes. Is it a tough matchup for them? Yes. 
Yeah, I'm with you there. I don't really view them as a team that I'm going to be targeting on this slate. Like, if you're playing lots of lineups, they're always a potent offense, so you don't want to be Xing them out, but they're not going to be a target for me. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna pass, and I, I'm, I mean, even the Minnesota Bats against Manoa, their power is all righties, and like he should pitch well against these righties. Um, Chicago Cubs, St. Louis Cardinals, seven and a half total here. Cardinals, a one fifty favorite. Sounds like it's going to be Smiley and Quintana. This is going to be a doubleheader. This won't be on your FanDuel slate. Um, pretty sure they're playing a 245 game that was pushed back from Wednesday, and then they're playing this game at 745. So sounds like it's going to be Quintana and Smiley. Any interest here in uh, Drew Smiley? No. Not against St. Louis. There are just too many strong power bats, and it's not going to be for me. Tell me I'm crazy for having interest in Quintana today. You're not. We seem to be on a pretty similar page for pitching on this slate. And Jose Quintana is another scary, gross dart throw that seems to have a lot of ceiling behind it that I'm interested in. I mean, the dude just doesn't give up home runs. He doesn't get blown up. The Cubs lineup is trash outside of Wilson Contreras. Um if he can get around Wisdom and Contreras on the second end of a doubleheader, I think he pitches well here. And even if he gives up one or two runs, I mean, if he goes six or seven innings here, maybe they let him go more. You know, he wasn't getting that long of a leash. Maybe St. Louis lets him go 90-95 pitches. But on this, t- on this small of a slate, I'm willing to roll the dice. Yep, I'm with you 100%. Like, you look at his last two games – uh, almost 25 DK points. Next, next one, 17. He got blown up a couple times against Colorado in Coors Field and against Milwaukee. But then even before that, you look and he's got another a few 20 plus point games. So the more I look at the slate and the teams I like the most are expensive, I kind of just want to go double pay down at pitcher. Syndergaard, Springs, Quintana, stick in that range and pay up for the Phillies and the Houstons. It is definitely an interesting slate when it comes to that. Any interest in the Cubbies bats here? No. I think you'd be crazy not to have some interest in Wilson Contreras. Under 5K against the lefty, this dude has a 362 ISO with a 55% hard hit rate against left-handed pitching this season. But, I mean, like we said... Quintana doesn't typically give up home runs, but I mean, the the power upside for Contreras against any lefty is there. So something to note, we actually, this game is on FanDuel. Oh, okay. But Shocked. FanDuel has the starting <laughs> pitcher for the Cubs listed as Marcus Stroman. I mean, I, okay. I hope it's Smiley, personally. Um, because then like St. Louis, we get back-to-back lefties because Steele is supposed to start the early game and Smiley. Um, but I mean, even if it's Stroman, I don't have interest in Stroman. Um, I have less interest in the Cardinals bats if it's Stroman. That's, I think, exactly the thing. I wouldn't have interest in the pitcher for the Cubs either way, 
But if it's Smiley, I do have quite a bit of interest in the Cardinals. However, if it is Strowman, I have next to none. My thoughts exactly, um, my dude. That is right where I'm at. Tyler O'Neill was expected back in the lineup Wednesday. Um, that's good to see because, I mean, that adds another right-handed power bat in this lineup. Paul DeJong, he's back. He's 3,200. He's super cheap. Um, so, yeah, I mean, if it's Smiley, ton of interest here in St. Louis. Yeah, I'm same same page with you there. I love targeting this team against left-handed pitching. All right, we got Chicago White Sox, Texas Rangers. Um, eight and a half total. The White Sox, a 135 favorite here. We got Cueto against Reagans. Um, any interest here in Johnny Cueto? No, none at all in Cueto. But I would love for you to tell me about Cole Reagans. I mean, above average changeup. First round draft pick 2015, 2016. Um, I mean, amateur like this dude, double A, a lot of last year kind of fell off the earth. Um, in 2018, 2019. Oh, hello, Siri. Um, I don't know if you guys heard that or not, but like <laughs> when you raise your watch up sometimes, yeah, I don't turn that feature off because I actually like it when I'm not recording a podcast. Uh, but anyway, I mean, above average changeup, decent cutter, um, good command. So good strikeout stuff in AAA and AA this season, 31 and 27, 16% and 12% swinging strike rates. Be really interesting to see um, what the bat kind of projects him at here. I mean, I really like looking at the bat when it comes to this stuff. Oh, he had Tommy John surgery in 2018. That's what it was. Um I just couldn't remember, but I anyway, was just looking at the little DraftKings blurb, and it says that like he's probably considered the strongest um, pitching prospect that's in their organization right now, and I think I would be somewhat interested in this team, or sorry, in this in him, especially on this slate, if he wasn't left-handed. The fact that he's he throws left just going Anderson, Vaughn, Jimenez, Abreu, even Pollock against lefties hits the ball well. Like it's you got Grandal back now. I just I don't think today's the the day I want to take a shot on him, but I'm de- he's definitely gonna be somebody that I'm gonna keep my eye on for uh for this next little bit, especially if he stays real cheap. If you do get a somewhat left-handed heavy lineup. For them, and I mean, he does throw a lot of changeups, so I mean, maybe he does, he will do well. I don't know. I'm kind of torn because he's cheap, and I feel like he'd have upside, but the matchup's not good at all. The matchup's pretty terrible, other than a few high strikeout guys that are in that lineup. So I think if I'm playing a lot of lineups, I'd be taking shots on him. But if I'm playing one or two, I don't think I'd get there. So yeah, just kind of looking a little bit here at the white Sox change up numbers. Cause I mean, that's, that's going to be his pitch um, from what I've read about him in the past. Like that's his, that's his go-to strikeout pitch to both sides. So um, Jose Abreu smashes them like apps. His numbers against changeups are, are ridiculously good. The rest of the team though, not so great, but they, they make a lot of contact. So, I mean, if he was a righty, TJ, like you said, we'd be all over 5,100 on this slate because 
as much talent as on this White Sox team, they just don't want to hit right-handed pitching this season. But they're really good against lefties. So I think I'm going to pass. Um, like I said, I want to see where the bat kind of projects them at. And maybe I look at them in more of like a strikeout prop here than anything else. Um, but I kind of like the White Sox bats. I mean, this is going to be a young left-handed pitcher facing an offense with a ton of right-handed power. Yeah, I uh, I love Jose Abreu based on what you just told me. I don't know I mean, how. Yeah, looking at the numbers, I don't, are I don't. I don't know how full I am on how interested I am in like a full full stack. But I mean, this team lately they've disappointed people all year long, and they finally started picking it up a bit these past couple of games. So. I think I have more interest in a mini stack than a full stack. Jose Abreu, Eloy Jimenez. He's crushing um, the ball right now. Jimenez? Yeah. Like over the last few days? Yeah. Like a, a Jimenez, Vaughn Abreu. And I mean, hell, Tim Anderson, AJ Pollock. So yeah, I like I like the White Sox spread a bit. Robert's back too. He is. Yep. Robert's back too. Um, Fire been... up the White Sox. They're yeah, I was gonna... top three stack for me. I was gonna say he um he got reinstated Tuesday but didn't play didn't play Wednesday so he's expected to be in the lineup here for this game. Yeah, but he's back. Fire as well. up the White Sox, the White Sox, the Phillies, and the Astros. Those are my teams today. Not that it matters because Gavin Sheets is a lefty, but this is the healthiest the White Sox lineup has been all year. Um, the only guy that's out right now is Mendek, and Sheets is banged up, but he's a lefty, so it doesn't really matter for this matchup. So. Grandal being back, Robert being back, Jimenez being back. Can they stay healthy? I, I mean, is the biggest question. Like, if you want to throw like a, a crazy oh, pardon like, me, I couldn't hit the mutant time. <laughs> no, you're good. If you want to throw like a crazy like division win for like the White Sox and the AL Central, it's not that crazy. They're two games back and they're they're just now getting healthy. And I looked at the odds yesterday, um, and it was actually pretty decent odds. So anyway. Any interest in uh, Texas bats here against Cueto? Not really. You can always play Corey Seager, um, Adolis Garcia, somewhat interesting, but uh, I don't. I don't really think so. Like Seager a lot. Um, outside of that, Nate Lowe maybe at thirty two hundred or Duran at twenty seven hundred. But I don't want to go too crazy here. We finish this out. It's it'd be nice, man. Eight o'clock finish for these games or start. So no real late games. Boston at Kansas City. Nine total. Red Sox a one thirty-five favorite here. Pavetta against Bubich. Um, any interest here in Nick Pavetta? On DraftKings, if I was playing a lot of lineups, I think I'd keep him in the pool, but no, not really. This lineup is not great right now. Um, I mean, Bobby Witt was back in the lineup yesterday, but overall, yesterday actually, yeah, it's good to see him. I like, I want to see him. I want to see him and Adley Rutschman, um, be like that next level like talent. Um, so anyway, but yeah, I don't think this is the spot I want to play Pavetta. There's other guys. We actually like the more we got through this podcast, the more we're like, all right, well, maybe there are more options down here than we initially thought. So, um, and then I mean, Bubich against the Red Sox, like, I don't think I want to do that at all. 
Bubich is a lot of fun to say his name, but he will not be a lot of fun to play against the uh, Sox tonight. Yeah, it'd be really interesting to see what this lineup looks like um, against the lefty. Do you, do you think? Uh, do you think Tommy Pham hits leadoff in this spot? Um, probably. I mean, Bubich has been a little bit uh, has sh- had a little bit of reverse splits tendencies as well. So I mean, maybe yeah, maybe they leave it as is. That's the kind of thing that leads me to really, really like. Raphael Devers in this spot as a one-off. I know that wasn't the question, but I do really like Raphael Devers just getting back from injury as a one-off against Bubich, who's given up a ton of power to lefties this year in a small sample size. People are going to see that left-on-left, not want to play him, but I really, really like this spot for Raphael Devers today. Never be afraid to play Devers, man. The dude is legit. Um... I mean, Xander Bogarts has really good numbers against lefties, hits the ball. Uh, Dahlbeck, high strikeout rate, but a lot of power. And Bubich is like a 20% K guy. So I definitely don't mind the lefties, you know, depending on what the lineup looks like. But yeah, Devers, Fam, Bogarts, Dahlbeck type of guys um, would be the, the main pieces here. And oh, <laughs> so silly. JD Martinez is 4,300 facing a lefty today, assuming that he's back in the lineup. So I'm really. going to wait until uh, he's in the Ronald Acuna ha- doghouse for me right now. And I'm just going to wait until these guys start doing better before I play them again. He didn't get traded, man. He's, he's excited. They gave him the day off to give him an extra rest day. He's going to come back and he's going to go yard. And he he's had one home run since, since you don't have June to tell 15th. me dude i'm a red sox fan i watched them play <laughs> he looked in the awful. last 45 days there's uh, been one home run yeah anyway um he any may interest, just be old just in the they they kept him because they couldn't move him that's the problem that him and nelson cruz they just were like no i know like no I know the Blue Jays offered the Red Sox something too, and I know the Blue Jays just offered some disrespectful offer for JD Martinez. Hey, you keep paying the majority of his salary, and we'll give you some double uh, A prospect, and just to kind of see if they could bait him. But uh, yeah, I think it was probably the smart thing to do. It's weird, like as a Red Sox fan, I'm, I'm interested to hear your take at what they did on the deadline here. It seems like on the surface very like mind-boggling and half selling, half buying doesn't really make sense. But to be honest, like maybe it's because I just watched Moneyball a couple weeks ago, but it literally just kind of felt like they were trying to very slightly upgrade their roster while dishing out some dishing out some salary. Vasquez is a free agent at the end of the year, and there was reports that he didn't want to resign. Um, so I think that is where that move came from. I don't I think it was just more of like a business move than anything else. Um Fam has like a like if Fam wanted to stay, he could stay one year, like one more year. Um at seven, I think it was seven million or something from what I remember reading. So I don't think like the Red Sox did anything too crazy on the trade deadline. I mean, they got Hosmer for really nothing, right? I mean, 
Um, I know they like because he said no to Washington. They just basically got him for free. Yeah, and like from what I read yesterday is like San Diego is paying like a large portion of like the forty-four million dollars left on Hosmer's deal. So like the Red Sox just were like, "Hey, thanks." Um, and I mean, and I'm pretty sure they didn't like have to give up much for Fam either. So they kind of sold. They kind of bought. I mean, I think they made some good moves personally. Um, anyway, I don't know. They're where they're at though. They're like not technically out of it, but I mean, a lot would have to happen. So I mean, the pitching is just where they're just so weak right now. So weak. Anyway, any interest in the Kansas City bats against my weak pitching staff of Nick Pavetta here? Yeah, a little bit. They kind of fall in that like tier two for me with Boston and with uh, like St. Louis, maybe depending on who the matchup is with. I I, I don't mind them. I like Witt. I like Perez. Um, I'm okay with taking a shot on uh, Vinny Linguini, but uh, I don't think I want the full stack. Yeah, I mean... Wit is in a great spot. Salvador Perez, if you want to pay up a catcher, is in a great spot. Pavetta gives up a ton of hard contact and a ton of fly balls. So any guys that you want to take that like fit that profile, like you said Vinny's 2.1K. Like, do we need the salary today, especially at first base? Who knows? But yeah, I mean, he's definitely an option against Pavetta. All right, let's play the morning grind game, and then we will get out of here. Under 8K to get six or more strikeouts. Uh, Who do you like today? I'm going to go with Jose Quintana. I'm going to go Syndergaard since you just left him there for me. Um, I did. I like Syndergaard better overall, but I think Quintana is more likely to get more strikeouts. I mean, that's not saying much because it's not like Syndergaard has big strikeout stuff uh over 8k to score under 15 who's your bust today Sonny Gray I'm gonna go with my boy Nick Pavetta over 4k to go yard who do you got hitting the home run today Raphael Devers I I like that I like that a lot um I don't want to say Jordan Alvarez but I do think he has one of the best chances at home run today. I'm going to go with the guy that I like second best to hit home run today and go Kyle Schwarber. Um, one of the first games we talked about really like Schwarber today. Uh, under 4k to get two hits. Who's a cheap bet that you like to get on a couple times today. Under 4k to get two hits. That's always the one I'm never ready for. Is that, is that one? I got to scroll down. Just don't take what my gut here. Can they go Yuli Guriel? Did not take my guy. Thank you. Uh, I'm going to go Nick Cassianos. Uh, seeing a common trend here. Really like Philadelphia. I, I thought today. your guy was David Peralta. I That's like Peralta. I They're both. I mean, so I had them both written down in front of me. So <laughs> if you took Cassianos, I was going to take Peralta. But I mean, I like both of those guys. I like David Peralta a lot today. I think he's going to do really well in Tampa. I think he's going to fit really well in that offense. Something uh, I want to get quick, just because I scrolled down here and we were just talking about Casey and I didn't mention him. I didn't realize Hunter Dozier was only 3K on DraftKings and with third base and outfield uh, eligibility. There you go. Uh, give me a stack to score six or more runs today. 
Let's go. I'll leave you with uh, Philadelphia and I'll go Houston. I am going to go Philadelphia. It's a full Philadelphia podcast for me um, on the morning grind game today. Really like them. Absolutely love the spot for them. Don't overthink it. It's a great spot. TJ, any final thoughts before we get out of here? No, don't be afraid to get different at pitching today. Today feels like one of those very rare slates where the bats are more straightforward than pitching is, and it's and I actually think it might be better to get uh, different with with uh, with your pitchers as opposed to your bats. So, don't be afraid to play some guys that are nice and cheap. I like uh, for tournaments the least chalky out of Syndergaard and Quintana, as well as who's that Tampa Bay guy? Springs. So I I, I like going cheap at pitching, and I like paying up at bats. I think that's going to be my final take. All right, that is going to wrap us up here for Thursday. We'll be back Friday talking more baseball. Good luck, everyone. We'll see you then.